This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the Chicago White Sox in what will be a five-game series by the time it's all said and done on Sunday afternoon. Coming up a little bit later on in our show, Oscar Mercado and Ernie Clement will join us, as will pitchers Cal Quantrill and Eli Morgan, and we'll also hear from Anthony Goes. Great story for the Indians a former position player who was out of the major leagues for five years learning how to pitch, and it's gotten him to be, uh, back to the major leagues, and he made his major league debut as a pitcher earlier this week. We talked to him after that appearance, and we'll hear that in our final segment this week. But first, a look back at the week in review and a tough start to the week on Monday as the Indians returned home to take on the Kansas City Royals, and they were swept in a doubleheader by scores of 7-2 to two and 4-2. to two. But the Indians did bounce back on Tuesday night against the Royals. They got it going early with the bases loaded in the first inning and Yu Chang at the plate. The pitch swings and lines a bullet to left and falling down. Benatendi gets up. Ball goes off his club. Caroms all the way to the wall. Straw scores. Mercado scores. Ramirez scores. Into third is Chang with a three-run triple. Ben and Tendy looked momentarily like he would catch that bullet and left, but his feet went out from under him and he almost fell face first, but he did go down to his knees, then got up and the ball glanced off his glove as he tried to recover. And it ricocheted to the wall and that cleared the bases. A three run triple for Yu Chang. His third triple giving him 35 RBIs. In the second inning, it was Ernie Clement hitting against his former college teammate, Daniel Lynch, from the University of Virginia. He was on the mound for the Royals. The 1-1 pitch. Swung in and hammered. High and deep to left center field. This ball is gone! Ernie Clement has his third Major League home run. So Ernie Clement, he got... His first two Major League home runs in the same game in Detroit on August 10th. 
And he pounds one over the 19 foot wall in left center. And the Indians now lead it four to nothing. And we'll hear more about that matchup a little bit later on in our show when we check in with Ernie Clement. The Royals got on the board with a run in the seventh, but the four to one lead was plenty. And in the ninth inning, Emmanuel Classe was on to close things out. Four to one Indians, ninth inning, and the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Classe with a fist pump. And the Indians with another win over the Royals. So Class A gets save number 24. Cal Quantro gets win number 7. And the Indians top Kansas City 4-1. So the Indians took game 3 of the series by that 4-1 final. And the finale of the series was rained out. It will be made up on Monday when the Royals come back to town for a 1-10 first pitch. Thursday brought the Chicago White Sox to town, and in Game 1, the White Sox won it by a final score of 7-2. to two. And in the process, they clinched the division crown in the American League Central for the first time since the 2008 season. In the nightcap, the Indians bounced back. The game was scoreless until the fourth when the Tribe broke through with a run on a wild pitch. But the White Sox responded with two in the top half of the sixth inning to grab a 2-1 to one lead. In the bottom of the sixth, though, the Indians would answer. Bases loaded, and Owen Miller delivered a big hit. The pitch swung on, ripped to center. There's a base hit. It'll score Zimmer. Here comes Jimenez, throw to the plate, slide, take, safe for the head first slide. Andres Jimenez. And the Indians take a 3-2 lead on a two-out, two-run single to center by Owen Miller. Who now has 18 RBIs. Boy, Billy Hamilton got off a strong throw from center. And Jimenez with a head-first slide just did beat the tag of catcher Zach Collins. To the seventh and final inning in a doubleheader game we went, and the back and forth continued. Emmanuel Classe got into some trouble but found his form working through it somehow, only allowing one run despite three hits. So the game was tied at three when we went to the bottom half of the seventh inning. Miles Straw got it started with a single, and that brought Oscar Mercado to the plate. The pitch. Swung in and blasted. High, deep to left, down the line. Goal! A walk-off. Two-run home run. Down the left field line. Onto the home run porch. And Oscar Mercado gives the Indians their eighth walk-off win of the season. And the Indians get a split of this day-night doubleheader. They win the finale 5-3. to three. So a nice walk-off win for the Tribe on Thursday night in the back end of the doubleheader. Another game against the White Sox on Friday night, and it was all pitching as the White Sox won it one nothing. but really encouraging because Shane Bieber was back for the Indians for the first time since June the 13th. Now the wind-up by the right-hander and the 1-2. Swing! And a miss. Got him with a curveball. And Shane Bieber gets his first strikeout. Two down here in inning number one. Now the 2-2. Swung on a liner. Caught at the shortstop position by Jose Ramirez, who was the lone defender over there. It's a 10-pitch inning. Shane Bieber's made 34 pitches through three innings. The Indians and Sox no score. 
And, man, that was great to see from Bieber. And uh, the big question will be how he feels over the weekend coming out of his first major league appearance in quite some time. That's our Week in Review. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll talk to a pair of position players for the Tribe, Oscar Mercado and Ernie Clement. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Sunday! the savings event of the season. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extravafest to Save-A-Thon. Your chance to save big by bundling your home and auto insurance. But only this Sunday. 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 Unless you're busy, in which case you can bundle Tuesday. 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 Or if you already have dinner plans, then try Friday. 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 But if the week gets away from you, you can just wait till next Sunday. 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 Because Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extravafest to Save-A-Thon isn't going anywhere. 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 Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are taking on the White Sox this weekend. 7-15 first pitch Saturday night. That is fan appreciation night. There are still tickets available. All kinds of great stuff going on with Dollar Dogs from Sugardale. Get there early. $2 Miller Lights as part of the uh, party at the park early. And then also after the game, Stick around for the last fireworks show of the season brought to you by Wayside Furniture. So some good stuff happening at the ballpark, all part of Fan Appreciation Night, and there are always surprises uh, as a part of that. Rare is the fan who walks away empty-handed from Fan Appreciation Night. So come on down to the ballpark on Saturday night. Tickets at the ballpark app or Indians.com. Oscar Mercado had a nice moment on Thursday night, a walk-off winning home run in game two of the doubleheader against the White Sox. And, uh, Oscar, let's start right there. Um, I imagine that's got to be one of the, the great feelings and one that was new to you. Uh, seemed like you knew it when you hit it, and, and what was it like going around the bases last night? No, it felt good um, just to be able to help help the team win and, you know, go home on a good note. It was always, uh, it's always a good feeling. I wanted to uh, just put together a good at-bat. Had been a kind of an over streak. I think the longest one I've had this year, so... I knew any time now I was going to snap out of it, and um, and thankfully I did right there. You mentioned the over streak, but it seems like you've had good at bats. And and how hard is it sometimes when you you feel like maybe you are swinging it okay, but don't have the results to show for it to stick with your plan and what you're doing? It's tough, but that's just kind of the nature of it. You uh, baseball's like that. You know, there are times where you you know can't stop striking out there are times where you can't stop flying out there are times you can't stop hitting the ball on the ground and there are times you just can't stop getting hits and that's just kind of the way the game is you just got to accept it and you know things turn you keep working you figure out what you're doing wrong and it's a blessing to be able to come out here and play every day because every day is a new day to to be able to make a change it was kind of a different day yesterday the white Sox win the opener and that clinches the division for them Um, when you do you take note of that in any way, either positive or negative, or, or at least think about, hey, this is where this team could be at some point in time in the future? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's something we we strive to do. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to, you know, do that this year. But you know, we we can always take whatever's left of the season to try to get better and uh, to improve and go into next year uh, with the same goal and as a better player. Oscar, I heard you mention post game. It's just—it's been a fun ball club to be around, and you don't hear players talk about that that much. But what has made this team a, a fun team to be around this season? 
it's just a great group of guys. Um, you know, we're all around the same age, and everyone roots for each other. And at the same time, we're all competing out there. And you can just see the hunger in everybody to go out there and make a name for themselves. So it's always fun to watch. And, you know, I've, I've, I mentioned it yesterday. I've, I've had a blast. And, you know, wins, losses, and results aside, um, it's been a good group of guys to be around. I'm sure it's an interesting dynamic because in some cases you're competing with each other for for the future and, and things like that. Is it hard to balance that sometimes with, with just going out and having fun and doing everything you can to help the team win on a nightly basis? Yeah. The biggest the biggest goal is to just have fun. That's the biggest thing. You know, if if we're having fun then then we're doing something right and a lot a lot of good things can happen when you're when you're out there competing and having fun. At the end of the day it's a game and we get to do it for a living, and we're blessed, and that's how that's how we got to take it. Anyone in particular there setting that tone on a daily basis? Yeah, Galver at third base. <laughs> yeah. And how does he do that? Because it, it seems like around the club he, he might be a little bit quieter for, for a variety of reasons, but it, maybe in the dugout it's a little bit different or in the clubhouse? Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's an awesome guy to have around. He's a good leader. Um, he leads by example, plays the game hard, always has a good attitude, and – he plays the game the right way so you know us young guys we we always take note of that and you know we strive we strive to go out there and produce the same way he does and he's a good role model for all of us you watch the year he's having it is it do you appreciate it more being so close to it to to see what type of numbers he's putting up day in and day out no matter what the situation yeah absolutely it's awesome to just see it it's awesome to watch him do do what he's doing and it's not surprising at all he does it every year all right, Oscar. Nice going last night. I, I'm sure you enjoyed that one. Thanks a lot for coming by. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oscar Mercado, always a great outlook, uh, not only on his own game, but on the team. And uh, he's trying to make a bid to be a part of this thing in the future for the Indians and getting a nice long look here in the second half of the season. Another player who has put his name on the radar for future years is Ernie Clement. The Indians' utility man has been up and back between the Indians and AAA throughout the season but had a nice moment earlier in the week against Kansas City. A former college teammate at the University of Virginia, Daniel Lynch, was on the mound, and Ernie hit a home run off him in a 4-1 to Tribe win. And when we caught up with him earlier in the week, we asked him what it was like facing his old friend for the first time in the major leagues. Yeah, it, it was it was super cool. It's it's been really cool to, to follow his career, and you know I I looked out at him and and to see him on the mound, it, it was it was just awesome. Um, <laughs> you know, in the moment, you know I'm you know I'm trying to, to to help the team out and and get on base, and you know I put a good swing on a ball, and you know after we we joked around about it because um, you know I don't <laughs> like I said before a couple times I don't really hit a lot of homers, so you know to to get him on a, on a fastball was was it was really cool, but you know, I kind of kind of felt a little bad. <laughs> so, I mean, you hadn't. We talked earlier. You you faced him a little bit in inner squads at the University of Virginia. Did that in any way help you when you're at bat against him last night, or is that just so far in the rearview mirror that uh, that it's just another pitcher out there in terms of the scouting report? Yeah, I mean, I definitely knew uh, you know his mentality. Uh, he likes to attack a lot of the hitters, so. You know, I had to stay aggressive, and you know that definitely helped. But he's he's come a long way, and he's he's an unbelievable pitcher. So you know, he's going to have an amazing career. But uh, it, he's definitely come a long way, and you know, I think we've both uh, improved a lot since our college days. Ernie Clement joining us, Indians infielder, and on uh, Tuesday night, Ernie uh, another really good defensive play at second base that came at 
uh, an extremely key time. And, and you've been able to, to do that, and you're doing it playing different positions. And how difficult and challenging can that be to, to be sharp defensively when you don't have a set position? Yeah, I love I love it. I uh, you know I love to uh, you know any 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 opportunity I get, I'm I'm gonna be ready for. It. And you know it's kind of fun. It keeps you on your toes um, when they move you around a little bit. And you know I've I've embraced it, and you know I'm having a good time with it. Just trying to make plays for uh, for my guys and, and Cal last night. So you know with guys in scoring position, I'm just trying to knock a ball down and make a play. And you do that for Cal Quantrill, and and you get a reaction. What's that like on, <laughs> on the receiving end of that when when he's going bananas? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It fires me up, and it fires everybody up. And you know that's the kind of energy that that he brings night in and night out when he's on the mound. So um, it's he's an easy guy to get behind, and you know we love making plays for him. Ernie, there's still some time to go in this season, but it's been a nice breakthrough for you in terms of reaching the major leagues for the first time. And you go back to spring training, and, and I know that's a it's got to be a goal at some point in time to get up here. But as you look back at this season, uh, how fortunate do you feel you've been to, to get the amount of playing time that you've had and, and a chance to show what you can do at this level? Yeah, I'm, I've been super thankful for uh, for the opportunities that, that these guys have given me. And, you know, I, I haven't taken any for granted. And it's, it's been super fun. And, you know, I've learned a ton since I've been up here. And, you know, it's been it's been a really cool experience. You know, um, you know after the, the COVID season last year, it's just been so cool to be back on the field and, you know, whether it was in AAA or, or out here uh, with these guys, it's it's just been so much fun. And, you know, I've I've really tried to just be my, where my feet are and, you know, whatever opportunity comes around, I've, I've tried to do my best to take uh, advantage of it. So it's it's been really, really fun, and I'm thankful for all of the opportunity. And the learning part of it, uh, do you have a takeaway or two that's been especially important this season that you think will help you in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just been nice to, to go out and compete and, you know, after a year of not playing a competitive baseball game, it, it's it probably, you know, it's affected a lot of people in, in terms of, you know, their ability to, to go out and do the things that it takes to win ball games. So, you know, it, it's it's definitely been awesome, and I think everybody's kind of gotten back into it, and, and it's, it's going to be really cool next year when, uh, you know, we get back out there and, you know, we're going to be competing for, for a World Series because this is, this is a special group, and we have a lot of talented guys who, who know what it takes to win. Well, Ernie, I know uh, it's been fun having you to be a, a part of that this season. Thanks a lot for coming by. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. That's Indians utility man Ernie Clement, who has had a fine season at the major league level. He's back at AAA Columbus right now, but uh, certainly has left a good impression with the big club. Stay tuned. We'll switch to pitching when we return. Cal Quantrill and Eli Morgan will stop by. That's next as Tribe Talk presented by Progressive continues. Quantrill's ready, hands at the belt, and the payoff pitch. Swung on, grounded into the shift in shallow right. The second baseman, Clement, will throw out Santana, and Cal Quantrill continues to throw up goose eggs. It is 4-0, Indians lead on the Royals here in the middle of the sixth. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us. 
as we talk baseball on the radio. And you can hear it each week on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network, usually sometime on Saturday, depending on your local station. You can also hear our show in podcast form, wherever you download your favorite podcasts, or at Indians.com. They have all the archived editions there as well. Cal Quantrill has had a a tremendous second half for the Indians as he has really settled into a starting role for the Tribe and become not only the leader of the Indians rotation, but one of the best pitchers in the American League since the All-Star break. Another win last night, another solid effort, and it has been really tremendous since the All-Star break. And Cal, when you look back at at, uh, Tuesday night's effort against Kansas City, it, it seemed like uh, early on, there, there were some good defensive plays, and really throughout the game, some good defensive plays behind you, as well as some good pitching. And uh, we talk so much about how that goes hand in hand. And as a pitcher, when you see that behind you, what does that do for you as the game goes along? I think it's a confidence builder. Uh, I think it gives you freedom to throw pitches in the zone if you know that your guys are going to make plays. So I think over the course of time, over the course of a season, if you have confidence in the people behind you, you make, you make a lot more quality competitive pitches. And it seems like you, you get as big a kick out of that and let your teammates know as much as anybody we see. And, and uh, how fun is, is that part of the game for you to, to really encourage your teammates and have some fun with them after a good play? Yeah, I, I mean, this sport's hard, and it's punishing. And <laughs> unlike, or I guess maybe just like a lot of sports, there's just so much failure. So I feel like, you know, as hitters have done more and more over the last you know three to five years celebrating their victories, I think it's important to celebrate the victories at other parts of the field too, other other aspects of the game. There's people who, you know, pride themselves on their defensive abilities, and I think it's important to, to recognize that, especially when it has such a profound effect on your own personal well-being. When you look at the stretch that you're on, and it's been terrific, uh, especially since the All-Star break, uh, the difference now between earlier in the season when, when you were kind of going back and forth a little bit between the bullpen and the rotation, I know you had mentioned – uh, taking advantage of, of the five-day routine. And, and what are some of the things that you can do in, in those five days that you can't when you're in the bullpen that can help you? Yeah, the the bullpen is a unique challenge. A lot of respect for those guys, as I've done it, um, because just the randomness with which you're used and how you're in, in the difference every single time you're asked to pitch, right? Wickren starts a game, yes, or uh, two days ago, you know, he's closed the game. He's pitched in the 10th inning with a guy on second, right? There's a lot of different um, challenges that come with having s- no routine, really. I think that being on a five-man rotation, or in this case, we've been on six days for a while, allows you to prepare your, your body and mind is is similarly every week for, you know, the, the same, at least the same starting spot. You're going to start with nobody on at 7.05, 7.10, whatever, 6.10, and, you know, face the leadoff hitter. And you can prepare for that, and you can do things to try and increase your chances of getting through it. I think that, you know, the hard part being that you have to get, you know, 20 outs or 21 outs or 27 outs. Um, so it's a trade off, but I do enjoy having a little more routine in my life. And, Cal, so much of this game is confidence, and, even when you had some, some difficult outings early in the season, it, it just seemed like, and maybe you were worried or, or concerned, but it didn't seem like it after those games. You, you seemed like, all right, I'll, I'll figure this out, and, and in a few starts here or at some point down the road, it'll all work out. And where does that come from? And, and does it, from the outward that we see, is, it, is that how it is for you inside, that, that you firmly believe that at some point in time this year you would get it rolling? Yeah, honestly, I, I just I don't think that you can be successful at this level without a certain amount of 
I mean, who knows? Maybe it's just, uh, you know, arrogance or ignorance or just, you know, just a firm belief that, that I am good enough to be dominant at this level. And, and none of the results that I've had the day before, you know, affect what I could do the next day. Um, I think that for me anyways, this year, I knew there was going to be change. Um, no team or very few teams have ever made it through with five starting pitchers the entire year. I knew I would have an opportunity at some point. I needed to be ready for that opportunity. And, you know, I was, I was okay with the fact that, you know, there was going to be some build up. There was going to be some games that were frustrating. I was going to have to learn how to do some new things. And I was confident that if I could figure out how to do those things, I could put together, you know, a stretch of good starts. So for me, it's, um, you know, whatever, I I guess ignorance is bliss. Like, fine. You know, I might've had a bad one, but I'm going to get to face these guys again. And I'm going to show that I can, I can beat them. And there's still some, some time left in this season, but do you allow yourself to, to look ahead a little bit and and with the growth that you had and, and some of the things coming back next year to, to think about next year's rotation at all? Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy not to at least, you know, imagine what could happen next year, but I do think that the, the, one of the things I've gotten a lot better at this year is, is really focusing on the present. So yeah, whatever, on an, an off day or, or if you're just chatting with the guys, it's not your start day and you want to talk about next year. I think that's okay. I think it's, it's good to have eyes on the future, but, um, I think when it comes to the, your time to pitch or at least, you know, with, when you're working at things that can help you right now, I think it has to be the, the entire focus. So, you know, talk about it all you want. And then when it's time to play catch, it's, it's time to play catch for today. Well, the present has been really, really good for a while now. And, uh, Cal, thanks a lot for coming by. appreciate it. All right, no problem. Good stuff from Cal Quantrill, as always, as uh, some good perspective, not only on his game, but on the rotation as a whole. Part of that rotation this year has been Eli Morgan from uh, the second half of the season on. He pitched six strong innings uh, at Yankee Stadium last Sunday, gave up just one run in a win, had a nice game at Fenway Park earlier this season. And when we caught up with Eli Morgan, we talked about what's enabled him to succeed in those environments. Uh, yeah, I mean, those those two outings in particular are very good. Um, you know, being able to pitch in those ballparks is an honor. Uh, it's it's something that, you know, growing up you just dream of. Uh, so to be there in person, soak it all in. Um, and then on top of that, to pitch well makes it makes it a really fun, special day. And for you, that was the first time you had pitched in Yankee Stadium, first time you had been there. And that can be intimidating at times. Uh, what were the keys for you to, to kind of keep yourself in control and in command? Uh, yeah, it's certainly a crowd and experience like that could uh, could hinder. Um, if it you know if it were to get to you, I'd say for me it you know adds a layer of excitement um, and focus that you just need to have out there. Um, so in particular for me, it was just focusing on one pitch. I, you hear that often, but that's that's really the case. You know, when you've got a lineup full of sluggers, it's not you know, hope to get to the bottom of the zone or bottom of the order and stuff like that. It's, well, I, I just got to make a good pitch here, and then after I do that, I'm going to make another one. Um, so just trying to simplify things, listening to Birdo and our pitching guys uh, makes it a lot easier on myself when I just simplify it down to focusing on one pitch. And you mentioned lineup full of sluggers, and, and you allow the one home run, and in that ballpark sometimes you look at home runs and you say, come on, really? I mean, it was an opposite field shot that barely made it in a part of the ballpark that's that's pretty short. How do you get past that and, and then move on and still be effective after that? Yeah, I mean, you know, at that time we had a lead, so that makes it a lot easier, um, knowing that you know, when you're pitching with the lead, you just got to continue to fill up the zone and minimize damage. So um, having a one on the board at that point wasn't too big of a deal. 
Um, you know, it's an 0-2 pitch. It's a pitch that I've got to be able to throw better. Um, so re- regardless of, you know, if, I, I think that might have only been a home run there, but regardless, it wasn't a well-executed pitch. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it also took Harold out of the game. So that was definitely a bummer. But um, like I said before, I just had to focus on the next pitch and try to execute it. Eli Morgan joining us, a, a win yesterday over in New York. And, and Eli, it was a nice bounce-back effort for you, and it seems like you've been able to do that. If you do have a tough outing, you come back and, and throw well the next time out. What's the key for you in that regard to be able to do that? Uh, just focusing on what I control um, midweek. You know, this outing was, I think, eight or nine days after my last one, so had a lot of time to sit on it and find stuff to work on. Um, I think we did a really good job getting a couple bullpens under my belt in during that extended break and, um, you know, just picking things each and every day to work on. Um, you know, especially with a longer, longer time off um, than the usual five days, it allowed me to, you know, just get some extra work in and, uh, you know, really decide um, how I'm going to attack these guys when I get my next turn. And you mentioned next turn, and, and there's not too many next turns left here as we get down toward the end of the season. But you've had a real nice first major league season, and, and how do you look at it at this point in time? The opportunity, and then what you've been able to do with it. Yeah, um, you know, evaluating a year, uh, you know, I do still have two starts to go, so I'm not going to get too ahead of myself there. Um, but, um, you know, like I've, I've had good games, I've had bad games. Um, I, I feel like I have a good understanding of what allows me to be good. And, um, you know, key for next year will be trying to just do that more often and, um, you know, continue to work on on my routine and, trying my best to stay healthy and strong for every start that I get. Well, I'm sure yesterday a, a big highlight for you. Thanks a lot for coming by today. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Rosie. Of course. That's Indian starting pitcher Eli Morgan. He has put his name on the radar, certainly, for the future in that Indian starting rotation. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Anthony Goes, Indians relief pitcher. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Here's the 0-1. Swing and a double play ball to short. Jimenez to second. One, Clement doubles up Stanton. Man, what a job. What a job by Eli Morgan. What composure, what confidence, and what a game he's pitching. Six in the books. The Tribe seven. The Yankees won. It's the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon. The annual year-long event where you can save big by bundling Home and Auto with Progressive. So big that we're kicking things off with fireworks. A monster truck battle. A fighter jet flyover. And it wouldn't be a party without the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon dancers. You can't really hear them, but trust us, they are working it. So come for the fun and stay for the savings. Only at Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. The 2-2. Strike three call. 99 miles an hour. That is three strikeouts in a row. one nothing Sox, eighth inning, two down. The next delivery. Swung on a weak bouncer to third. Ramirez charges, gloves it near the bag. Bounces the throw to first. What a pick by Bobby Bradley. Good play on both ends. And how about Anthony Goes? 
four up, four down. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland this weekend. Anthony Goes has a great story, a former Major League outfielder with the Tigers and the Blue Jays. And after five seasons in that role, he said, you know what? I think I can make it back as a pitcher as he was struggling to stay in the major leagues as a position player. Five years later, he was back in the big leagues and on the mound for the Indians this week against Kansas City. He made his pitching debut on Monday, and he talked about it afterward, what it's like to get that call to come out of the bullpen for the first time in the big leagues. It was special. It was a real special moment for me. I, I, I don't know how to tell you how special it was and what it meant to me. It's hard enough to get to the major leagues no matter how you do it, um, but it seemed like it was more difficult to get back for you. And, and was this more satisfying than, than the first time you reached the big leagues as a position player? It definitely was. Um, it was harder, I can tell you that. And it's been very special to be able to have this moment. And you had to do it almost from the that bottom rung of the minor leagues to, to get back to the major leagues. When you first went to, to single A, you, you spent some time in the Carolina League. It wasn't as if you just went down to triple A. Um, how difficult was that just from from a lifestyle standpoint and, and, and knowing that you, maybe you had to do it from a competitive standpoint, but how difficult was it? It wasn't so much the lifestyle. It was, I mean, I'd gone from the big leagues and went all the way back to extended and started over again. Was there a point in time where, where you said, you know what, it, I think I can do this, or or was it just something where you had to battle and grind every day to, to try and get to a good spot? I mean, I I felt like I could do it, and I just I wasn't going to stop until I did it. Um, no matter what it took, I I love to play. Um, I mean, baseball is the only thing I know, and I I wasn't going to stop. I want to play. I mean, like I said earlier yesterday, I didn't I don't want it to end. You mentioned that, and, and obviously but you you have to ultimately go out there and, and do it on the mound, but you referenced a lot of different people in this organization who helped you, and, and if it's okay, can can you go through some of those who, who really helped you along the way and, and some of the things that they did to get you to a good spot? I want to say one thing. One guy I forgot to mention was Steve Conley, and uh, I had him down in the Dominican Winter League, and I owe him a thank you also. But there was a uh, coming over here. There was Joel Mangrum. I mean, it was the Indians organization for you know signing me and giving me the opportunity. And then um, I started, and I was with Joel Mangrum and Joe Torres and Ken and Tony Arnold and uh, Rigo Beltran was my last stop here in AAA. And Ruben here, uh, he's you know he's in the big leagues now, but he was in the minor leagues and. I don't think there's a pitching coach in this organization. Joe Blanton, I don't think there's a pitching coach in this organization that I haven't interacted with in a positive way. Uh, they've all taken time to talk to me and help me and try and help me figure this thing out. You've had a chance to, to come to a couple of major league spring trainings, and is that when, when you think, hey, you know what, if I can maybe just a couple of more things to put together <laughs> – is that where it seems real to you that, that, that you're that close that you can make it when you get to a major league spring training and get on the radar? I don't know. You know, this last year was a pretty special camp for me, and then uh, COVID shut down, and 
came in this year and want to show that I could pitch at this level and you know there were some things I had to go back and work on and and fix the slider and make it better and I don't know I just it's been a pretty surreal moment for me it's been very special and I, I don't know what else to say I know you mentioned your Olympic experience as being helpful because of some of the people that you were able to run into, be it players with experience or coaches as well. What did it mean to you that the Indians allowed you to go? Because I know for a lot of teams they didn't let certain players or pitchers go to the Olympics, but but the Indians allowed you to do that. And, and how did ultimately do you think that helped you? It was tremendous. It was. I'm very thankful for it. There's not a lot of people, especially in baseball, that say they played in the Olympics and you know, win a medal, and I've been very fortunate to be able to do that and then get to the big leagues again all in one year um, in a matter of a couple of months. It was very special. It helped me a lot, gave me a lot of confidence to go play and pitch in games like that. That meant so much from, you know, a winning standpoint and playing for a medal representing your country. That was very special. You wake up tomorrow morning, you think it's a dream, or, or is it real? Did it really happen? <laughs> uh, no, this really happened, and uh, I'll never forget it. Uh, that was fun to watch, Anthony, and obviously a lot of work goes into it and uh, a neat achievement for you and hopefully just the first of many. Thanks so much for coming by. Thank you. What a great story, Anthony. Gozny threw an inning and a third of hitless baseball in his second major league appearance on Friday night with three strikeouts against the White Sox. So what a what a start to his big league career as a pitcher so far. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, as always, to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each week. We'll catch up with you next week, the final weekend of the regular season. The Indians will be in Arlington, Texas, to play the Rangers. And we will shout at you then with our final regular season edition of Tribe Talk. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. We've got the players, these guys are really hot. We've got a future, we're headed to the top. We're on the warpath, it's spreading far and wide. We're talking baseball, talking tribe. You're talking baseball, talking tribe. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 